You're listening to the Sticks in the Six podcast. Here are your co-hosts, Andrew Forbes, Peter Barracchini, and Alex Hobson. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 144 of Sticks in the Six. Again, we're doing it as a twosome here this week, Peter, yourself, and uh, me, Andrew. Uh, obviously, Alex couldn't make it. Uh, you know, life, life gets in the way sometimes. It does, um, yeah. But uh, brought to you by the fine folks at the NDL House in Toronto and the Hockey Podcast Network. We don't give them enough love um, on a weekly basis, so there you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Want to uh, just uh, get things started with a quick how are you, but we do have a lot to talk about and unfold in this episode when it comes to our beloved Leafs. But before we do that, Peter, how are you doing this week, my friend? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah. You know, as you mentioned, a lot to talk about. Christmas around the corner. World Juniors around the corner. I'm excited. And as as you can see, I'm going to stand up a little bit. I am wearing a Chevy Chase hallelujah holy shit t-shirt where he goes off on that rant from christmas vacation so yeah i'm already wearing like christmas attire throughout the house or like you know pop culture stuff that involves christmas it, because it never dies here in this household man it is it is a week and a half away it is a week and a half and away yeah and uh obviously that means world junior season is upon us as we talked about last week um we will get into that in just a little bit here but before we do um, a little little surprise for you as well um, this week as we uh, we got a little note from uh, our friends over at Molson. Um, for those of you beer drinkers Ooh. out there, Molson Canadian, Molson the company, um, often often kind of tied in with the, the Montreal Canadiens. But that being said, they're looking at giving away 50 free pairs of NHL tickets up for grabs this holiday Ooh. season. They've chosen us here at Sticks in the Six to promote that, to push yeah. that. So with that, um, there's no debate that the best place to watch a hockey game is live at the rink surrounded by other cheering fans with beers in hand. Getting caught up in the live experience of being at the game, not surrounded by boring corporate suits. In order to bring fans closer to their favorite teams and exercise their fandom in new and exciting ways, Molson is introducing the Molson Drop, a season-long platform that gives hockey fans access to exclusive giveaways, experiences, events, merch, and, of course, tickets to local games. So it's not just Toronto. So if you're tuning in from another uh, another area around the NHL, be sure to check this out. Starting on December 6th, Canadian hockey fans 19-plus can enter for a chance to win a pair of tickets to experience their local team hitting the ice and hopefully scoring a couple goals. By visiting molson.ca slash the Molson Drop, fans can also check out at Molson Canadian on Instagram for more information on how to enter and sneak peeks into future drops. So with that, folks, check out the description of this episode. It will be on our streaming platforms as well. You can hit the link there, or as I said, circle back, listen to the, the link, listen to where you can find them on Instagram, check them out. Peter, do it yourself as well. Enter to win those tickets because what better way oh, yeah. to spend the holiday season than, you know, down at the, uh, the uh, I want to call it the Air Canada Centre, but I know it's not the Air Canada Centre, Scotiabank <laughs> Arena, um, and checking out the Leafs. So be sure to check them out. And with that, 
we will be probably bringing Molson on as a uh, as a uh, paid partnership come 2024 as well. So something to look forward to as we head in. We're going to get lots more information. We're going to get lots more uh, lots more stuff going on with the podcast as we get closer to the new year and yet another season with the Sticks mm-hmm. and the Six Boys. So be sure to check out the yeah. Molson Drop, okay, folks? Uh, that get is yourself huge. a pair of tickets. That is huge that is, uh, yeah. to, you know, not only get that opportunity to go down and, you know, win tickets because, you know, tickets are basically going to cost you an arm and a leg right now. So big shout out to Molson for allowing us to do that ad read and also getting us involved with that competition as well. Making it affordable for people who can't always afford to go to the games, especially when you got a family and you're paying 500 a ticket. It's not uh, it's not what it used to oh, be. But yeah. Um, anyways, recently on Ticketmaster, and I saw the prices. It's yeah. not worth it to go. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, it's not something you want to look at on a regular basis anymore. But uh, with that, let's get into a little NHL news. Uh, I know you have two suspensions up here that we want to talk about, but I also want to talk about the speculation that uh, Ted Leonsis might be moving the Washington yeah. Cap- Capitals to Virginia. Um, what we, <laughs> what, you know, I if you're watching, you can see my face because. For me, my understanding is there needs to be approval by the NHL as well as the Board of Governors. Um, so I don't think it's like, obviously it's not a done deal, but there is speculation. He owns the Washington Wizards as well. He's looking to move both teams outside of Washington and into Virginia. Your thoughts on the possibility that uh, it might be the Virginia Capitals? Uh, see, this is this is what I hate about teams that you're so familiar with moving on because you're so familiar with that name. And obviously the Capitals have that that I mean, they have a rich history because especially recently with, you know, Ovi chasing down, you know, Gretzky's record, them winning the championship back in 2017, 2018, I think 2018. Um, you know, obviously this has been a franchise that has been dominant throughout, but like, it just feels weird that they're going to locate it. It's going to be changed to Virginia now. Like I, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, you'd have to, ch- you'd have to change the capitals. There's no you way have to. The yeah. whole point of the Capitals is you're in you're DC. DC like yeah, you're, you're so I mean, you're in the capital. We, maybe we're talking about the Virginia V's or I like the flying V's. I I don't know. Oh, I don't so, know. Okay, I, Go back it, to the. I was about to say if they do bring back the flying V thing, then maybe that, that yeah, could work. Yeah. But then again, Ovechkin instead of having Washington Capitals as the record breaker, he's going to have the Virginia Flying V's. Imagine he goes into the Hall of Fame as a flying V. Oh, man. After all those years with Washington, that'll be, that'll be something. But yeah, overall, I, I'm, I, I'm a, I was a bit, per, I was just as perplexed as you. Like my face when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, I really don't know about this. Obviously, it's still too early. I don't want to speculate too much, but please just keep Washington where it is. Yeah, enough with moving the teams. Like I, I get, I get the whole, uh, you know, relocation if if it's needed but this is like this is one of those instances where it's like it's not even needed it's not it's not something that it needs, needs to get done right like washington's drawn a crowd they've got a good good uh fan base there so it's about yeah, to say, I just are they bleeding money like it's like, either that or they they're not making headlines anymore so ted leonsis is just looking for a way to get them back and make them newsworthy again so <laughs> i i don't know the, the, the wizards aren't any better so maybe he's just Aww. upset with how how awful his two teams have been over the last couple of seasons but that too Anyways, let's get some suspension talk. Uh, it feels like we haven't done much of that this season, which is which is a good thing. Kind of. Um, kind Depending of. on how you look at it. On top of that, uh, <clears throat> what was uh, what did Alan Walsh call um, Peros's, uh 
Oh, did you, did you see that tweet? I saw that. I'm gonna try and see if I can. Okay, it's, I'm gonna, it's probably still it gonna be there, but I'll pull it up here. But uh, as as we get into it, uh, talk about Gabranson. Like, what what happened there? What break down that uh, that suspension for us? Uh, well, that whole thing was a basically a shit show in itself of what happened. Obviously, so what happened was. Both him and Cousins are going into the corners, chasing after a loose, a loose puck. Cousins, like, Gabranson is the first player in. Cousins is well behind him. He nails him in the numbers, but it's not like a cross-check or anything. He basically turns his body and pushes him back-to-back, headfirst into the boards, and then all hell breaks loose. Gabranson is on the gr- Gabranson is on the ground or on the ice. And then all of a sudden he gets right back up and goes straight at cousins, cousins turtles. And he wanted nothing of that. And then later on in the game, Gabranson makes a hit at cousins. He wants to fight cousins. Once again, backs away turtles at the opportunity. And basically Gabranson is just feeding him the like hits at the back of the head into the face because of what, he was kind of pissed off about what happened before. Apparently there was, it was supposed to be a major, but it was called back and became a minor. So right then and there, the rest are screwing everything up right there. Um, Honestly, in regards to the suspension itself, obviously cousins should have been suspended for his hit. Number one, number two, Gabranson should have been suspended rightfully so, because you know, he is like, you know, throwing sucker punches at a guy, but this is after a guy that nailed him in the boards that didn't get hit. He's taking, basically retribution into his hands because the rest failed to make the right call. And he wouldn't have done that if they had, if they had just called the major. And what happened was, you know, he just kept going at him. They created another melee. And this is the one time where I really don't condone like those bear hug takedowns kind of thing. But in the instance that happened and there are clips online of everything that happened, like basically what cousins did was Bush league type of stuff. And then when he had to answer the bell, he turtled at the first and second side of it. So obviously the Branson deserves a suspension, but it's one that it was warranted and one that I kind of agree with because that he should take because, you know, refs didn't do anything. He was pissed off of what happened. And that is one instance where if you're Nick Cousins too, and you make a hit like that, be prepared to answer the call. If you're turtling like that, you're going to have a bad reputation and it's going to follow you from now on. And basically everyone online was calling him a turtle, you know, coward, becoming a major coward in that sense because he didn't answer the call or answer the bell when he was supposed to. It's crazy because we see all these hits, these these open ice clean hits that, you know, turn into a fight. uh, And, you know, happened to McCabe a few times. Happened to McCabe. Everyone's got their opinions of it. I don't necessarily agree with it. I understand you're staying up for a teammate, whatever. But this is a case where it's like, it's a dirty hit. Um, somebody's hurt. And all of a sudden, you know, the guy the guy who made the original hit doesn't doesn't stand up for, for you know, himself. He doesn't answer the bell, like you mentioned. And it just, it's one of those situations where it's just like, man, like that's, it's just, you're a coward, right? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know Nick Cousins. I don't I don't know who he is as a person. But in that instance, it does not look good. Um, Alan Walsh's tweet, the NHL today, the Peros kangaroo court, David Perron applied a forceful <laughs> blow to the head of an opposing player six games. Also, the NHL, the concussion spotter made the right decision by not pulling the player from the game for, for evaluation. The player didn't miss a shift. So we'll get into the Perron uh, – uh, the Perron uh, suspension as well. But just a last note on Gabranson. He came out afterwards and said, like, 
you know, he, how he felt and, and just his head was spinning and whatever else. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was obviously it wasn't, it wasn't a great hit. I get Nick Cousins was trying to finish his check. It was not a great hit the way that he did it. He was going in full force. He knew exactly what he was doing. And Gabranson, you know, I don't know. I, I, I would have taken the suspension too. I, I get it. But this, this kind of goes back and I'm not, I don't, I'm not ready to just full blown, like, crush the department of player safety already this season. Like I think I we've done enough of that over the last two years. But uh but like they're on the verge of like just like you're making you're making the rules as it goes. Yeah there's no consistency. There's no consistency and because there's no consistency what you've done now is you've opened the door to complete subjective punishment on any call. You could you could go into a game one night like what was the uh, last playoffs? Who was it that uh, that two-handed dry settle in the wrist? And oh, he didn't get sus- He got one game. Um, I guess I, I could do it. It'll come. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. But regardless, like that's that's your. It's a two-hand to the to the wrist of a of a star player, and there was there was one game, and now you're talking about you know jumping over to Perron, like a guy who's no, played Petro. Petrangelo. Petrangelo. That's that's it. Yeah. And now you're jumping over to a guy in Prawn with 1,100 career games, never been suspended, and he's getting an in-person hearing with six games. Like yeah. the whole the whole point of this, like you know, a re- repeat offender, like that goes right out the window when you're throwing six games at a guy, and then you have a guy like Marshawn who continually does stupid shit, and somehow it's fine after fine after fine and maybe a one game suspension sprinkled in there. Yeah. It just, it, it's hard not to be disappointed in the department of player safety when this is, this is the shit you're seeing on a, on a weekly basis. Exactly. Yeah, no. And again, like, and then you look at the Perron hit as well. I mean, like, let's face it. He did get it up high. He yeah, did absolutely. hit him in the head. He does deserve, deserve a suspension, but to throw the book at him as if he is that repeat offender. I mean, like, uh, again, like, if you want to set a precedent, something like that for a first-time offender should be a six-game suspension then, or five games at least. But 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 as you said, you know, the player came back as a result of that. No issue, no nothing to, with the concussion. Didn't miss spotter. a shift. Didn't, Didn't miss, miss a shift. shift. And he's okay. Again, vicious hit or a vicious, like, you know, cross-check to the head. Again. Want to eject him for that? Fine. Want to give him a winner two game suspension? Fine. But six already for a guy who really hasn't had that much of a track record. I mean, it, it, it's like, what are you doing anymore? Like, you, again, you're just like, like we talked about too. You're just like spinning a wheel. Or you're throwing darts at a board right now of what you want to give out as a punishment to just not necessarily appease a fan, but just to say that, oh, we're actually doing something. No, you're not because it's all over the place. Here's the thing I, I just, for me, it's like, you're taking away that this whole idea that you want this brotherhood or this, this companionship within the dressing room with your players. And you have a guy who, you know, sees his captain go down. It was questionable play there with, with Matthew Joseph. And I'm not going to sit here and criticize that. It it seemed like a weak play. And unfortunately Mm -hmm. Larkin's Larkin's got some, some history of head injuries. So that probably played it. Yeah. Played, played into it, but and Perron sees that, and it's his captain. Right away, he goes after him. Yeah. So, yeah, did he come up high? Absolutely. You know, five, ten in a game, maybe an extra game on top of that. Sure, but you're talking about a guy who's 
played his entire career without without any sort of like supplemental discipline, and now this is what you give him is six games. It just kind of it's a it's it's a bit of a mockery, especially with how well Detroit's playing this year. And yeah. you know they're sitting top what are the top three in in the Atlantic right now? Top four and right now. Yeah. Top four, yeah. And I mean, you you go and you take one of their one of their guys that has, has kind of stepped up over the last two or three weeks and and give them six games. It's I don't know. It just comes back to this whole idea that George Peros is a complete joke and a hack as a disciplinarian. No, no argument right there. I mean, it's it, it, and again, like it's unfortunate that it happened to Larkin too. But I like Branson standing up for himself. Lark, uh, Peron sees that and he's standing up for his captain right then and there. I mean, you know, what, what else is he supposed to do? Just sit there and let let it happen? No, he was lying motionless. Like he, it, that was a big concern. And if there was no response, that would be a concern as well. Yeah, I, I also since we're on the subject. Uh, I'm, I, I do want to touch on Larkin uh, just with everything that he's gone through over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Him and his wife lost uh, their unborn child. Um, obviously, like, you know, and anybody who's listened to this show knows that my wife and I have been through it twice. Yeah. And, you know, don't wish it upon anybody. It's it's a devastating loss. and Painful. Um, so, uh, you know, our thoughts and, and, and uh, you know, go out to the Larkins and, and sending positive vibes and hopefully, like, one, he recovers from this injury, but two – um, you know, it's just, it, it takes time off the ice to, to get over something like that as yeah. well. So, um, sending, sending nothing but positivity and, and hopefully, hopefully you guys come through stronger on the other side. But, um, uh, one last note before we get into our leaf talk, did you see a tweet this morning about a Winnipeg Jets player on waivers? Logan Stanley, we beat the Leafs. We won the cup. Oh, he's got, he was Toronto placed on waivers. Placed on waivers. I must have missed that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How 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 the uh, tides have turned. How the mighty have fallen. Yeah. How the mighty have fallen. You go from celebrating a regular season win against the Toronto Maple Leafs to now you're on waivers. Um, yeah. Nothing but uh, nothing but respect for the Winnipeg Jets putting that loser on waivers. Um. Anyways, I did I even I that must have. Like it slipped through, it came through at like one o'clock this morning. So oh, okay, that's why, and it didn't show up on my feed because it was yeah. one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> slipped through the <laughs> slipped through the radar for for many people. But um, let's get into our Maple Leafs because there's a lot to talk about, a lot to unfold. Um, I want to kick it off with the goaltending. Joseph Wall obviously injured week to week with an ankle injury. Sammy um, looking decent, looking okay. Jones looking not bad at either. Coming off his 25 plus win season last year for Seattle. Your thoughts on the Leafs goaltending moving forward? What do they do? Uh, just write it out at this point, really. I mean, you're not going to look to trade for a goalie right now. I mean, one, the market's very, very difficult. I think the only goaltender out there that may be in line to be moved could be John Gibson. But, you know, given his contract and given how, you know, Maple Leafs have some, another plan in place, that's not likely. Um, you just got to ride it with Samsonov and Jones. And the good thing for Walt is that it's only week to week. Um, probably look at it at the same time as Lilligren. Um, You got a little bit of a gap in there with the holiday break and like three or four days there for him to recover and take some time as well regroup and you know possibly get back into the ice um early to mid-january and that would be a good sign because i think we are all holding our breath there because he was not putting any pressure at all 
with his leg. And I immediately thought worst case scenario, like ACL, mm -hmm. MCL. And I'm like, oh God, this guy's, it's going to be out longer, like probably looking at end of February, beginning of March kind of thing. And then you would probably have to go for a goaltender, but you get, you just got to give it a, to Sammy and Jones for the time being. Um, despite Sammy still having his moments or whatever, looked great in that game against Nashville. The team made it easier in front of him. Not so much against the Islanders, but again, a couple of weak goals here and there. I think maybe he could have had the first uh, Brock Nelson goal. He probably could have had the Kyle Palmieri goal as well. Um, looking back on everything. Um, but he did make some big time stops um, when he needed to. So that was a good sign that, you know, he was a little bit more dialed in, a little bit more composed, still a little bit, I mean, a little bit shaky at moments, but still, you know, it is what it is with Sammy. He's got to like get back in that mindset. And, you know, I was really happy with Jones's play coming in relief against the Ottawa Senators and even against the New York Rangers too. The Maple Leafs fell asleep in that second period. And, you know, Jones is there standing on top of his head, just like Joseph Wallwood. And, you know, considering the fact that he's been playing in the AHL a lot, numbers still aren't great in the American League. But you know what? He pulled through. The Maple, he got, he gave the team timely saves. They didn't have the best second period. They got off to a better third, and he stopped it right then and there after the Maple Leafs got that, you know, power play, that goal from Morgan Riley, uh, not Morgan Riley, but that power play goal from Martin. Then they started to build off that. Um, key saves at key moments. I think that's what you, what you need. And I think if the defense and the team helps the goalies out by playing a little bit tighter, like they did against Nashville, scoring when they're supposed to, taking advantage of their opponent when they're down, that's going to help to alleviate the pressure off the goaltending. So I think you just got to write it off with both of them. And hopefully that wall comes back sooner than expected. Yeah. I mean, the nice part is, is right now that it is week to week. And the tough part though is, with, with an ankle injury like that, you know, as a goaltender, you're pushing from side to side. It can take a little bit longer for them to heal, yeah. especially because it's like, you know, you're, you're constantly up and down. You, you know, you can lose that mobility. You can lose that quickness. So it, it, it is something that's still, you know, a little bit concerning for the long term if he doesn't heal up properly, which is why, like, I bring the question up to you. Um, I know you mentioned John Gibson. I want to throw another name at you. And Think about where where the, this team is in the standings at the moment. Think about where this player is in his career, and if he would want one more run at the run at the cup. Mark Andre Fleury in Minnesota. You know what's it's funny? Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt there. I kind of had like right. deja vu, like we were in this exact situation. And we're talking about Mark Andre Fleury. I think we talked about it like previously before, maybe in you know, maybe 2020 get the last kick of the can when there was goaltending issues there, maybe try and trade for flurry. But it's interesting you brought that up. Cause I just had deja vu about that. Um, yeah. I mean, depending Look, the, guy's, if the, the guy, the guy's near the end of his career. Right. Mm -hmm. And Minnesota's just not playing well. They just, they haven't, they haven't found their groove. You're, you're 25 games in. Um, could they make a run? Absolutely. But Flurry's not their guy. Their guy is, is Gustafson. Right. And for not long enough, it's going to be Jesper Wallstead. Yeah, exactly. So for me, you know, if I'm flurry, I'm looking at the way that it's going right now. And obviously he's the guy that doesn't want to be moved around all the, all the time. Like he's been moved multiple times. We all know that when he was shipped out of uh, uh, Vegas, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't the biggest highlight of his career to, to, to move to another team, but there was that conversation 
um, when he was with Chicago about, you know, the, the Leafs were in the talk in talks with him. Um, obviously, uh, Davidson came out and, you know, ran his mouth a little bit, pissed off Dubas and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the relationship there just kind of fell apart. Um, but it makes me wonder if he'd be open to the conversation of coming to Toronto, knowing where the team's at, um, the Leafs know that Samsonov right now is not signed beyond this year. Um, and let's be real. We're going to, we're going to get into it in a little bit, but Dennis Hildeby waiting in the wind. Archer Akhtiamov. I mean, he's coming up with, from the KHL. He's yeah. got, he's going to be over there for a little bit longer, but he's, he's playing well. The Leafs have goaltending prospects for the first time in a very, very, very long time to have a guy like flurry who has the playoff experience. He has the, the cup, you know, pedigree, and he's a Hall of Famer. Let's let's put it put it out there. He's a Hall of Famer. For him to come in, maybe mentor a guy like Joseph Wall, who right now is the future of the Maple Leafs goaltending. You know, maybe right now you run with Martin Jones and Marc Andre Fleury, and and when you know when Wall comes back, you've got Wall and Marc Andre Fleury. That's that's not a terrible tandem to go into the playoffs with. And especially considering, I mean, not necessarily that Wall is young, but imagine the experience that he that he can learn from Flurry as well. Like you know, to deal with those high pressure situations, the, mm-hmm. dealing with possibly going on a long run, that he can benefit learning from him because we all know how successful Flurry has been um, in the past. And you know what? You look at the contract too: three point five million for Flurry, three point five five for Samsonov. I mean, again, both of their numbers aren't the best samsonov has an 884 save percentage 329 goals against average basically neck and neck uh, flurry just has a slightly better at 886 and same goals against um you know again it, it all depends on if the team is able to improve in front of the goaltending like if they're able to get another big physical shutdown defender on the right side like a chris tanev maybe a nick sealer type of player, someone that can have that two-way aspect or the smarts that can alleviate that pressure in their own zone. That'll be beneficial for both goalies, for either Samsonov or Flurry. But was it you that wrote the piece that they should try to look to move Flurry, uh move Flurry, move Samsonov? Yeah, way back uh, yeah. a little while ago. Um Not so. and and I am working on a piece right now about how the Leafs should target uh target Mark Andre Flurry. So that's yeah. why that's why I bring it up because I think about it and I'm like not only would it be beneficial to the Leafs and have that kind of mentorship, and, and that's something that they've been lacking yeah. in terms of goaltending over the last little while, but then also if you're Minnesota, you take Samsonov on and you you can turn that and move that that piece for something else, mm-hmm. right? If, if, in fact, you're able to before the trade deadline because, let's be honest, Minnesota's – I mean, they have a very bright future. They have, you know, Brock Faber. They have um, – you know, Kirill Kaprasov still, still a super talent. Matt Boldy, like Marco they, Rossi is looking Marco very Rossi, sharp right now. He looks phenomenal. And then on top of that, you've got the two goaltenders in Wallstead and uh, in Gustafson. Like this team is, is looking really good. And you can't tell me that at come the deadline, if you're a team in the, in the, you know, in the running, mm-hmm. you don't look to them and say, well, you know, I'll take on, I'll take on Elias Samson. We've got a goaltending issue. Look at, look at Vegas last year. You're telling me that Vegas, you know, they went out and got Johnny Quick. Yeah. Right? Like they 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 added that piece and it you know when when it was all said and done, they ran through what four goaltenders on their way to the cup? Yeah. Thompson, it, Hill, Brassois, 
And even quick, right? Those are the four. So four goaltenders to get to the cup. And I'm not saying that you every team is going to need four goaltenders to get to the cup, but you're but seeing a lot more platooning even in the in, in the playoffs. Look at last year. There was, you know, a number of teams. Uh, Swayman played for Boston a couple games. And, you know, Toronto had Samsonov get injured and Wall came in. Like, it just – Bobrovsky was playing with Alex Lyon, right? Like, there mm-hmm. was just – there was so much juggling when it came to the position that it's not out of the question. And it's not unheard of for a team to say, you know what? Okay. We'll take Samsonov on at the, at the deadline. We'll give you a second and a third. Boom. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe that's, maybe that's too high of a, of a price tag, but you know what I'm saying? Like it just, there, there's, there's Prices too much always here go that, up closer to. Yeah. But there's just too much here that makes sense that, you know, mm-hmm. if, if, Mark Andre Fleury was open to it. I, I I could certainly see him going going to Toronto. So, and like we seen even with Colorado too, Darcy Kemper wasn't that great. He was a bit average, but mm-hmm. you just need uh, just average goaltending at that point. And if everyone else on the outside is on top of their game, you got to change. Coos, right Frank Coos came in played. Even yep. look at Fleury's experiences for the Cup. I mean, you had. You had uh, Matt Murray come in and play and, and, and end up winning the cup, whereas Flurry was the guy that took them to the, the final, right? Like, it's yeah, just. I was just about to say that championship team, too. Yeah, like you had Brian Dumoulin, you had Trevor Daly. You didn't have star defensemen, but you had star goaltenders or goaltenders that could, you know, do their job. You had goaltenders that could steal a game or two here for you in, in each of the series. And that's what Toronto needs. And even with wall coming back uh, with the possibility of, of a bum ankle for the time being until it's fully recovered, you've got a veteran guy who, you know, you can count on. He's a hall of famer and he's still got a lot of hockey to play. So it's, it's, you know, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility, and it's certainly something that I think we should continue to talk about. When you look at Martin Jones, though, just kind of staying on the goaltending for one more second, Martin Jones, he, he's a career 271 goals against 905 save percentage. I got distracted when they picked him up this offseason by the 27 wins last year for Seattle. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who got them through the regular season. Grubauer just couldn't find his groove. He was hurt. He was in and out of the lineup. But then I looked at his other numbers and like 299 goals against, not terrible, not not overly yeah. exciting, 887 save percentage. And this is a guy who like the last four seasons, or sorry, four, four out of the last five seasons, he's been below 900 when it comes to save percentage. Mm-hmm. That's not a guy you want to run with if Wall is out long term. Yeah. And that's that's where they have to be thinking. That's where they have to run through it. Samsonov's sample size, smaller than maybe you'd like what he can do in the playoffs. You know, he didn't look horrible last season. He didn't look amazing in the playoffs. And then he got hurt. And you have to have a go-to that you can you can count on. And I, I just think, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pumping this flurry thing just because I, I like mm-hmm. sending Juju out into the into the, uh, the hockey atmosphere. But Send the positive vibes, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. anyways. But I understand where is, you're coming from, too, because his – he looked great in the preseason and then you had that goalie conundrum. Well, what do you do? Cause are you going to look at his past numbers or are you going to look at the small sample size now? Cause even right now with the Marlies, he's basically the third stringer behind Keith Petrozelli and, and Dennis Hildeby right now. Yeah. So he's not even seeing a whole lot of time in the AHL, but to come in and face the amount of shots that he did against the Rangers and hold the line kind of is impressive. 
Yeah, yeah, and like it's no knock on Martin Jones. I'm just, I'm just thinking like yeah. long term. If 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 it's a long term thing with Wall, if the ankle doesn't heal the way that you want it to, mm-hmm. it becomes a question mark when it, when you're talking about goaltending going into the playoffs. And I bet, like I would, I would say that uh, you know, I would, I would put money on the fact that if you went to to Flurry and said, hey, you want to go to Toronto, there'd be there'd be a solid a solid time frame where he he'd consider it and and it'd be worth thinking about. And because we're talking money and putting money on, why not a quick word from our friends over at DraftKings? Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. As I mentioned, there's no line yet on Flurry coming to Toronto, but you never know. They could <laughs> add that at some point. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-789. 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023, all rights reserved. Well, we want to talk about our Leafs so much so that let's talk about those those horrible New York Islander fans, the ones that have hated on John Tavares since he signed. They call him Pajama Boy. They, they call him anything. They call him a rat. They call him whatever they need to to make themselves feel better. Well, even though they got the last laugh in overtime the other night, John Tavares did what he needed to do to get to the 1,000 Point mark. He becomes the 98th player in NHL history to hit the thousand point mark, and he did it in a place that he used to reign as as king in um, in New York against the Islanders. Your thoughts on the John Tavares milestone? I mean, huge congrats to JT. I mean, I think we were all when he got that you know deflection goal and there was a possibility that okay you know what maybe he can do it maybe he can get it and you know you know not necessarily exercise the demons or like whatever because it really doesn't make any sense for that but to do it in the barn where he's gotten so much hate and animosity which Mm -hmm. is so baffling how after six years the Isles fans still can't get over it I mean all hate all hate like he he did it as a family decision he did it to you know, he did what was right. And if you're going to like deny that fact or just be upset for the rest of your life, you're just get something else to be mad about. Like there are other things that are worse things going on in the world right now to be mad about than John Tavares still leaving after six years and you can't get over it. Like it's one breakup and one relationship that it's not going to get over. And they're still obsessing over it. Like, come on. Um, I digress. But um, when he got that, assists that led to Riley's goal tying it up. I think we were all losing it. We're like, did Tavares touch it? Did he get a touch on it? 
did it bounce off him or anything? And then when you saw like Riley and Marner like calling the bench over, that's when we knew that he had gotten it. And the players on the ice knew, and they were saying, "Yeah, get over here, get over here." He got it, and just if I mean, probably maybe would have liked to have gotten it a better way, but you know what? A point's a point. I don't know what was going through his head, but the fact that he got it and he got the thousand points and he silenced the crowd for as long as he did before they scored in overtime. That to me is music to my ears. That to mm-hmm. me, I, I don't care about the loss because the Maple Leafs, it was kind of back and forth. You know, it, it, it was a decent game. It was like a playoff game. Maple Leafs called their way back. Yeah, I would have liked the win, but they got a point out of it. And they have gotten points in like, in I think in a good chunk amount of their games recently. I think the majority of their games this season. Yeah, I know. I mean, <laughs> hey, one point to one point, as disappointing as it is, but... I don't care that we got another overtime loss. He got the thousandth point against the Islanders. And that just seemed like kind of poetic justice given to how he's this villain over there. And it's, I'm just happy for him. I'm happy for the team. Yeah. Not getting the loss. It does put a damper on things, but to me, it, it doesn't overshadow the fact that he got a thousand, a thousand points against the team and against the fans too, that, you know, are treating him the way that he is. And you know what? Big shout out to the Islanders bench too where they're tapping their six and the fans are booing the team themselves. Obviously the players have a lot more class that just shows that, you know, the fans didn't deserve them anyways. Yeah. I mean, uh, to kind of go off what you're saying, first off, like, I think, I think the perfect, the perfect envisionment of like what, what it was, was every Leaf fan was John Tavares's dad. Yeah. Every, every New York Islanders fan Mm -hmm. was Mitch Marner's dad. (laughs) Yeah. Good comparison, really. I don't know if you saw the lack of excitement on his face when they tied it up, but it was just like, it was mind blowing. I'm like, man, like you're on a dad's trip in New York. Like you're watching your kid play at like, you know, at the top level. And and this is the excitement. I, uh, anyways, that's, that's besides the point. But yeah, it was, it was, it was great to see it happen. Um, I, I remember saying to a coworker, like prior to the game, I said, bet JT for two points because Tonight's the night that he's going to get it. It just seems so fitting. Um, as I mentioned, he's the 98th player in NHL history. He's now sitting at 1,001 points. He's just three shy of hitting Brian Prop for 97th all-time. And if he continues the pace that he's going to be at be, or the pace that he's on this season, he's going to be well into like the top 80 all-time in points. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to – I'm not going to have the Hall of Fame debate. I, I will yeah. not go there. With a, with an active player that does not have a cup, I, I absolutely don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear anybody talk about it. If you do, I'll turn your show off. I'll cancel you. Yeah, you can forget it. But that being said, um, yeah, it, it, it was it was an exciting moment and, and good on good on the on the refs for let, stopping the game, letting the Leafs come on mm-hmm. and congratulate them. And it, it is such a milestone mark. Uh, good on good on the Islanders uh, for for you know their stick taps. They all know what Johnny's like. And, and then of course, um, you know, scumbag Islanders fans can continue to be scumbag Islanders fans and do their scumbag stuff that they just, you know, boo the guy who fucking made you relevant for however many years he spent on that shithole in that shithole arena. <laughs> like, That's how you really feel, man. I, I, I went to a game at, at Nassau and man, it was just an absolute, shithole barn like it i just and for you to boo a guy that honestly made you relevant when you should not have been a relevant team is just 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just it, it's tasteless. It's it's tasteless. Fun so, fact: Tavares would be third in Islander scoring right now uh, with twenty six points. I think uh, I believe it's um, Noah Dobson would be ahead of him, and I believe it's Matt Barzell. So, and he would be three points off of Matt Barzell for the team lead. So basically, you're saying Tyler versus fans, your team shit. I mean, basically all of them saying we don't need you. Yeah, maybe you kind of still do. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. I just, I, like I said, it was just a great moment, and mm-hmm. I'm so happy for the guy, and so deserving when people are talking about like his careers on on the downslope. And I mean, like the guy's still a point of game. Like, there's there's no questioning his his drive and what he wants to do for this team. And I think he's played more of a physical role in the last couple of seasons. Um, even after going through what he did with the Corey Perry knee to the head and just, it's yeah. just a whole, you know, this guy's, this guy's had a, had, had an incredible career and he deserves all the recognition that he's going to get. So um, with that, let's jump over to Austin Matthews back atop the goal scoring lead. We're talking about the Maple Leafs rocket. I'm not going to, you know, he's the rocket. He can, if he goes on to win the third Rocket Richard, we got to talk about, um, you know, again, I'm not having the Hall of Fame debate. Not going to have it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe one of one. I would say top five greatest Leafs of all time. I'm not. I'm not going to say top Leaf. You got Dave Keon. You got Matt Sundin. You got Daryl Sittler. You got guys that deserve to be recognized as the top Leafs of all time. Until this guy goes out and wins a cup, he's not going to be the top Leaf of all time but one of the greatest Leafs to ever put on that jersey. Your thoughts on Austin Matthews and the the the, the goal-scoring pedigree that we're seeing again this season. Yeah, for all the talk that he, like maybe he was a little bit streaky this year where he had the back-to-back hat-tricks, three games without one, scores three games. Then he goes on like, you know, six, game, six goals in two games, another four without. I mean, he has been streaky this year, but when he gets on a roll, he gets on a roll and – you know, seven goals in the last five games. I mean, that this this is this is what we were wanting. This is what Maple Leaf fans are hoping that he would get on that heater, where you would find the back of the net consistently. I know he's had like a lot of looks too. You know, posts, crossbars. You know, just like inches away from finding the back of the net too. Um, brilliant sauce by goaltenders too. But now Austin Matthews is back, and the fact that he is now the eighth straight. Uh, 20 goal seasons. I think he's like third or fourth all time on the lease for that, if I remember correctly. But you know, eight straight seasons with that is impressive. And since coming in 2016 17, guess who leads the league in goals? Hmm, not McDavid, no, not Dry Seidel, no, Kucherov. Could it no. be Austin Matthews? It definitely is Austin Matthews with 320. And obviously, we know Ovechkin has cooled off recently. But, you know, 302 goals in that span is impressive. But you look at that span in 2016-17 till now. So that's like eight seasons. In eight seasons, Ovechkin has 535 points. Matthews has 574. Like, he's in an eight-season span. Obviously, this is like toward the tail end of Ovi's career. This is Matthews getting started. And if he's able to keep this pace, who knows what can happen at this point. I get it. We're not going to get into the debate about Hall of Fame. We're not going to get into, you know, is he chasing Gretzky's record halfway through his career kind of thing. But it's impressive no matter how you look at it. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. So many things, so many, so many, so many things could go wrong in that in, in the next little while here, right? Like, mm-hmm. 
we could we could knock on wood. Let's knock on yeah, wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Obviously, <laughs> we don't want that to happen. Um that said, you know, I'm not yeah, I'm not certainly I'm certainly not having that conversation. Um I just I wrote the piece when he was sitting at 299 to start the season to break down like his 299 career goals. His mm-hmm. pace is higher than Ovechkin's was at the same time in his career. Yeah. Based on games played, based on the injuries, based on the shortened seasons, if they had played the same amount of games, Matthews would be like, I want to say it was like 20 or 30 goals ahead of Ovechkin's pace. Um, Regardless, you mentioned it again, 20 goals already, 21 goals already. He's on pace for 66 goals this season. His career high, obviously, is uh, is 60 in 2021-22. I'm not saying he's going to hit 66, but – the fact that he's on pace 26 games into the season to hit 66 is pretty freaking incredible. And when you talk about all-time goal scorers, I mean, this guy's climbing the ranks faster than anybody we've seen outside of Ovechkin and obviously Gretzky, like given, given what Gretzky's done over his career, he's very quickly going to be chasing down teammate John Tavares as well. Um, But just to give you an idea of where he sits right now, I believe Austin Matthews is just outside the the top 150 all time in uh, in NHL goal scores. I'm just trying to pull up the stat here. Yeah, so he's 196th all time with 320 career goals in just 507 career games. Like, just put that through your head for a second. 196th all time. This guy is is what 25, 26. Mm-hmm. 26 years old, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, 26. That's incredible when you when you consider that he's among the top 200 all time for the for the NHL. Like this is we're talking about a, a generational goal scorer. And and the fact that this isn't even more of a conversation, the fact that nobody's even talking about that Austin Matthews is, you know, pace-wise one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. I mean, I'm sitting here giving him the double wrister and like, you know, that this is, this is not even a conversation for most people. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, credit to him for, for what he's doing. And, and and, I mean, he's, there's been times this season where he's put that team on his back. He's playing a more physical game, him and Matthew Nye's like the desert boys guys. Like he's, he's coming out. These guys are coming out, throwing their bodies around. He, he may be, one of the league's best power forwards right now, Austin Matthews. Yeah, might be one of the league's best power forwards. And I would not have been saying this at the beginning of his career. I'm saying it right now. He's one of the best power forwards in the NHL right now. Considering that he's using his body to his advantage now, yeah, absolutely. And I was a little bit quiet there while you were going on because I was doing some digging right now. He is only one of six or seven active players to be in the top 120 in shooting percentage. Leon Dreisaitl's at 29, Braden points at 35, and this is, like, in their career. Obviously, you know, all these all these other players have, like, had long, industrious careers that are older players, but um, point is second. Then it's Shifley, Stamkos, Pedersen, Nico Rantanen, who is at 92, and then Austin Matthews is at 107. So you have – he's one of seven active players in the top 120. That that is impressive, and you and those other other players are you know top tier players. There's no doubt about that. But 
you know, okay. what Matthews is doing right now over his career and being consistent, 15.9% shooting percentage over his career. I mean, you look at every single season, especially the last five to six, there possibly have only been one point where he was under 15, and that was last season at 12.2. 18.8 this season, 17.7, 17.2 in 21-22 when he had the 60, 18.5 in 2021, 16.2 in 19-20. And remember last season, everyone was talking about how he was having a down year when he scored 40 goals in 74 games. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, all things considered, I think I think it's safe to say that his I wrist think he's good. and whatever was bugging him is back to being 100%. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I just I, – I think it's amazing what he's, do- what he's done. I, I think that, you know, the people that sit there and criticize his game, I mean – do what you need to do. Maybe, maybe he's not the guy to get it done, but he's certainly one hell of a player to, to be where he's at and, and be doing it on such a consistent basis with all the outside noise that comes in being a star player in the Mecca of hockey um, as well. So credit to credit to Matthews. And I hope, I hope we see him bringing home another, uh, another uh, rocket Richard. And I hope to hell we see him bring home the Selkie this Mm -hmm. year. He's so deserving of that. Now with Bergeron gone, there's no excuse aside from maybe Anze Kopitar picking that one up again. But also, um, you know, it's a good sign when his dad is feeling it with Ty Domi and they were doing that little like, you know, dance at Madison Square Garden yesterday. You know what what Domi was saying though, eh? No. He was saying, you ever let your kid leave this organization? I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) Give it a little, uh, you know, a little little bit of a threat there, maybe? Yeah. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, man, you know, the dads are rolling right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was was a good moment. Yeah. Before we close out here, just a little prospect talk for uh, for our Maple Leafs. Uh, we mentioned Dennis Hildeby already off the top of the show uh, with with goaltending and and what he's doing at the AHL level. I mean, it seems to me like this kid's next in line. I've always had an eye on him. Uh, you see my prospect reports come out at the Hockey Writers. He's a guy that I've really focused in on since they've drafted him. Um, I don't know if there's anything you want to add on Dennis Hildeby before we get into our last little note here. I think he he does crack the roster next year. I think it may be a bit of a bold statement or a bull prediction because he's only going to be a backup, but I Bring still the fire. Bring him the fire. I, I mean, it's not that big, but at the same time, you know, considering what he's doing as a rookie right now is impressive in the AHL. We know he has the pro experience and from the SHO carried over into this season as well. So um looking forward to see what he can do. It may be another year, but I think he may get an opportunity sooner rather than later. Yeah, no, I, I I don't I don't disagree. I think he's he's climbed the ranks a lot faster. Part of that with uh, is with Akiyama being uh, overseas still. Uh, it's given Hill to be the opportunity to kind of make that push, and mm-hmm. and I think he's done exactly what he needs to do development wise to get to that uh, to get the to the show. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. Um, I think it's based off entirely what they do this season, whether they bring somebody in or not, but. We got to talk World Juniors. We're we're in World Junior season. We got to yeah. talk World Juniors. Um, ended off with a bang, right? Ended off with a bang, and and Canada announced their roster. Um, and officially, two Maple Leaf prospects are on that roster: Fraser Mitten and London 
Knights Easton Cowan first round pick of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Break it down for us, our prospect guru here at Sticks in the Six. Peter, what are we looking at for the, the World Juniors in Team Canada, our Leaf prospects? Yeah, and I tweeted this out earlier too. Like, obviously, you're not going to have Connor Bedard. You're not going to have Adam Fantilli. You're not going to have like some star set of players. There's a hope that Matthew Potra and maybe Zach Benson can still be loaned. I'm not holding my breath just yet. So they made the roster as if they were getting one of those two players up front. And that would be huge. But, you know, there's no really high-end elite level talent or like the depth that they had kind of like last season or or the tournament before that when it was completely stacked you have really great players and it's being led by Macklin Celebrini who's going to be relied on the offense this time around but I feel like this is going to be in comparison to like that 06 07 08 junior teams when it was all like work by committee where you had some standout players, but everyone else is doing their job and pitching in to do everything they can to win from the defense up. I think this is going to be a hardworking group and the Maple Leafs have two of the most hardworking players that could benefit this team as well with Minton, with his two way game, the physicality and intensity that he's played with, as well as the work ethic and the uh, puck hounding mentality that Cowan plays with it. Not necessarily. They're not going to be, top six players. They're going to be more of those role players in the depth. Like Minton going to probably center the third line. Um, Cowan probably going to be that, you know, fourth line player, maybe an extra forward at times, but the speed and energy that he could create uh, whenever he's on the ice. We, we, I saw that. We've seen that plenty of times in the playoffs last season with the London Knights this year. Um, these are two players that can have a big impact for team Canada based on the way the roster is constructed. They have the work ethic. They have the mentality. I'm working on something right now about breaking about what they can do. And I'm really excited. It may be a bit of a depth role, but it's one that can have a tremendous impact for Canada. I said it to you, I want to say a couple weeks ago. Maybe, maybe it was even last week. The, week. the weeks are getting longer here as the, getting, as the we're losing goes track, down. You know? Yeah, so. We just can't but, wait for the holidays. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Easton Cowan is a guy who will – he's going to start the tournament in a depth role. And and I, I don't think that's – personally, I don't think that's a bad thing for him. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the guy that comes out and he's going to be a middle six guy by the end of the tournament. I can I can guarantee yeah. it. It's a good the way this kid – yeah, the way this kid has put everything together, his development is is incredible. He was an he was an underdog for a first round pick. The Leafs took him, a little bit of a surprise. People were talking about him, and he came back to London and he's been killing it ever since. And I said it at the beginning of the year, he's going to be a hundred point guy in the OHL. The only thing that can stop him from becoming a hundred point guy is this tournament playing at the world juniors yep. and I'm okay being wrong. So long as we get gold at the world juniors and we get to see <laughs> a little bit of uh, Easton Cowan mix it up uh, at the international level, Fraser Minton. I think, you, you know, everybody knows what we're expecting from this kid. Now he got to start the year with the big club. He deserved to start the year with the big club and this kid, this is just another opportunity for development playing best on best. That's, 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 that's where you want to be. That's where you want your guys to be. The Leafs having a couple prospects and having a couple on Team Canada, it's the it's best thing for the organization. It's the best thing for these prospects. Go Canada, go. Let's win gold. Anyways, Peter, before we close it out, anything you wanted to share with us uh, as we head into this last week before Christmas? Uh, nah, just geared up for the holidays, man. Uh, Going to be headed out, going to be going on a bit of a vacay, visiting some family. So you know what? I'm excited to, to do Hopefully that. Hopefully no train trips. 
Hopefully oh dear, no oh, oh dear God! Oh, yeah, yeah, good, good thing you brought that up because uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that the weather holds up and there. Because I still think about that, and my anxiety is at an all-time high. I just hope that there's no bad storm because yeah. we, I, I, we, I got caught in it last year. Got caught on the way back as well. Had to cancel my original uh, trip back to Toronto, but you know what? I, I'm positive, positive thinking, positive vibes. That's all I could think of. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyways, uh, that's it for episode 144. As always, make sure you check us out on the YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. We're getting close to that 100 century mark. Um, be sure to stop over to molson.ca slash the Molson drop to win your free pair of Leaf tickets or Habs tickets, whatever you're into. Let's go Leafs. Um, make sure you hit us up on the Hockey Podcast Network. Check out all their great shows. They're doing live streams. They're going to be doing some for the world juniors. We might even be a part of it for a team Canada game to talk our boys. Um, otherwise check us out on all of our socials, Twitter at sticks in the six pod, um, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. We're on it. Shout out to DraftKings for hitting us up. Always shout out to the, the, uh, the wonderful folks at the India house. And as always, you're looking for tickets this, this uh, season or sorry, this holiday season for the folks for Christmas. Use sticks in the six promo code S T I C K S I N T H E six I X on seat geek for $20 off your first purchase. That's sticks in the six on seat geek for $20 off your first purchase. Otherwise make sure you tune in next week as we'll be back with our regular episode of sticks in the six episode one forty. Five. That's it for us this week. Thanks for tuning in. We look forward to talking next week.